We've heard here how the king has come to us to step into darkness. Can you bring me down still a little bit more? Thank you. To step into our darkness. To step into this world of sin and brokenness. To bring us light, to bring us truth, to bring us hope. To change us. As we hear in the story, the unique thing about our king coming to us, that, that is throughout the life of Jesus and, and, and all the historical records that, uh, about his life, that uniquely set Jesus apart from any other kind of person of power, of royalty, is his humility. We see, even in his birth story, he was chosen to be born through a poor couple under kind of scandalous kind of situation of at least seemingly so from the outside of a 16-year-old girl before their marriage. Not only to a poor girl, poor couple, but from the sticks in Galilee, as we hear in the story. That was in the north. Outside of the, the big city of Jerusalem, which would be like Minneapolis, St. Paul. And the birth of Jesus, the story we hear about him coming to this lowly town, Bethlehem. But it happens to be the town of David, King David, in his line. Can you imagine, it's a seven-day journey from Nazareth, Galilee, down to Bethlehem. And ladies, who, moms in particular, can you imagine being nine months pregnant and going on any seven-day-long journey, let alone likely on a horse or a donkey? I mean, that would help move things along, right? And then in his birth... They don't, the whole classic, there's no room in the inn. They're in this, this cave, likely, this manger scene where there's animals around. It smells like urine and feces. And Jesus being born is then placed within a feeding trough, a manger. This is not the kind of conditions of royalty. Not the kind of conditions you would expect. The greatest being in existence obscurity, lowliness, shame. And his first, the, the, his first visitors, the ones whom the angels go to, aren't to, the, to, to King Herod, aren't to the royalty, aren't to the prominent people, the powerful people. They go to shepherds. Shepherds, shepherds were known as pretty crass men. They were likely not sitting around talking about the scriptures and Saying holy things. They were probably in the middle of some crude, coarse, profane joke. And the angels show up in the sky. Of all people to come to, shepherds, outsiders, seen as even thieves at times, untrustworthy, dirty, stinky for sure. Shepherds. And they get angels, not just 
angels, a choir of angels, worshiping. They see a taste of heaven. The king comes to the lowly. This reminds us of Jesus' coming. The way he came and the life that he lived shows us his coming is for all people. There is no, there is no set-apart special people. We're all special to God. I don't know if any of you have been invited by the president to, the house, to his house. Anybody in the house? No? No? Oh, Henry. Well, Lee quickly pulled that down. I don't know of anyone here that's been, you know, asked by the queen in the past, God bless her, before she died, to come for a visit, be visited by royalty? No. But your God has come to you. And he didn't just come. And that time in royalty... There would be parades, or there would be a presence, maybe to, to encourage uh, a sense of national pride, or or, or, or to, to 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 show the the might and the power, or or, 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 or for political purposes. But people would be able to see the king, or see the royalty, and the presence would elevate the people. But he would come and go he wouldn't come to live jesus your king your god has come to you not just in some gesture of kindness to help elevate us and make us feel warm he came to live with us his name emmanuel god with us as as we heard in the story of misha he's with us for always i don't know about you all but i can't hear that story without tearing up like mark There's not certain special people. We're all special to the king. Now, all of these things that I'm saying, and even combined with the stories, we can oftentimes, we can oftentimes just kind of think, you know, this is just, this is for the children. This is just for the children. We're kind of warmed and, uh, by, by, this, by this, the, the stories of God becoming a human being. And, and, and we've heard these over and over. And, and, and we can almost make it like it's not history, it's a fairy tale. And the convenient thing about a fairy tale, the convenient thing about a mythology and a story is that it doesn't have a claim over us. Do you know what I'm getting at? It doesn't have any claim over our life. It doesn't demand a response from us. It's just merely a good story, a child's story, just for children. And ultimately, there's no impact it can inspire us there's a good example of god coming down and and him serving us and all that power but using that to serve and we should use our abilities to serve others a great example that again that's heartwarming maybe even inspiring that's not what this is about jesus didn't just come to make us feel better with his presence he didn't come To inspire us with his example. The king came to be my king. To be your king. You see, this isn't just merely a story. This is is history. 
The people who spent time with Jesus, his disciples, spent three years with him. And when he had died, they, they didn't even understand who he was and, and the significance of who he is. They didn't realize he was both God and man. They saw him as the king who'd come to, to bring about national freedom, freedom for the moment. They didn't realize he was God himself, their God, the one who'd formed them and in their mother's womb, who'd, who designed them. In unique ways, because he loves them, because he loves you. He claimed, made the claim over them to be their king. When he died, the world was shattered. Their earth was, their, 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 their concept was shattered. They, they had no way to make sense of how did, why, why would he die? How did he die? This, he's supposed to be the one that God sent. But three days later, he rose again. Once again, something pretty outlandish. And Easter in a couple months, we're going to show back up here. And, and it's another story that we kind of think that's relegated for the kids too. It's, it's pretty far-fetched, but it makes a claim on us. You see, those who follow Jesus, again, we have historical documentation around these things. Those who follow Jesus and encountered him, the resurrected one. They knew he wasn't just a man. This wasn't just a good story. He was God. Their lives were changed. So much so. They would not renounce him as God and, and, and as the true king. In the Roman Empire. To the extent that they, they were burned alive. They were eaten alive. They would not renounce that Jesus was God. Jesus is the only king worth worshiping. They were crucified. Can you imagine that? What would drive people to endure such horrific events of having, it's going to get graphic here, their flesh torn off their body while they're alive. Their skin melting. What would cause people to, 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 to endure such things? Because they'd encountered a man come back from the dead. They'd encountered their very God their savior of their own lives and souls. It wasn't merely just a good man to follow. An example set for us. He changed them. They were alive. They knew that this world was not their home. Friends, he makes a claim. These stories are not merely fairy tales. Yes, it's hard to conceive. It's hard to make sense of. There's miraculous and supernatural things here. Our faith is not unreasonable. And if those are issues and questions for you, let's talk. The evidence is sufficient. 
Thomas, one of Jesus' disciples, saw him. He said he wouldn't believe until he saw him. And Jesus revealed himself to his disciples. And Thomas saw Jesus physically, touched his wounds. And his response to Jesus was on his knees, crying out, My Lord and my God! He worshipped. Friends, our response to the king, he claims, he doesn't merely want to be a king, he wants to be your king. He didn't come just to make us feel better. He didn't come to just inspire us. He came to change us. He wants to change your marriage. He wants to change that bitterness inside of you. He wants to release you from your bondage, from your self-medication you keep going back to. He wants to bring light and truth to the darkness of the messages you've been believing about your worthlessness. He wants to bring peace to your anxiety. He wants to bring you healing. He didn't come that me might just have life, but he said to life abundantly now, not just eternally. He came to change you, to put his love in you, to release you. But that only happens if he's your king. If you've received him, if you've let him dwell in you, if you, he wants, came not just merely to visit and leave, but to live in you and me and to live his life through you and me. The king wants to give you himself, to give you his power, to give you his love. Will you receive it? Will we let ourselves, will we let him live it through us this season? As Mark pointed out and asked the question, will we, will we have the faith like a child? It's not merely be a story. But we let his light shine through us into this darkness.